Dewey Do, a podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning, hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Stephan, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogey. I have been looking forward to this episode for about 10 or 12 episodes here on the What Do We Do podcast. I'm Kyle Bogey, Dewey Stefan here. Dewey, uh, I've mentioned this on almost every single episode about how I want to learn about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and everything that goes into it. Were you sufficiently annoyed every time that I brought that up? Kyle, it's good to see you. It's great to be here with our listeners. This is episode 20 of the What Do We Do podcast. I'm excited to be here with you, with Sully in the control room. But I'll tell you, yes, I'm glad this day is here so we can talk about this thing known as cryptocurrency. And then we can uh, put it to bed, as they say, for a little while and get into uh, you know some other topics down the road. How about that? Very exciting for me. This is uh, going to be incredibly fulfilling on on many different levels. Now, uh, if you're watching the video of the podcast, by the way, you can check that out on YouTube. You One, you're seeing Dewey cheers you with his uh, coffee mug. You're also seeing a pumpkin that is yeah, it looks like it's smiling directly into the cam- camera because it is that time of year, dude. We have Halloween coming up, of course, in just a few weeks. And I, I got to start with this. Okay, we'll just keep it light before we dive into the very technical, you know, cryptocurrency world. Okay. You strike me as a guy that would wear a costume, you know, on Halloween. Do you have a costume picked out? If not, if you don't want to get into that, what's your greatest costume of all time? Okay, well, I'm... I'm glad you just threw me this curveball <laughs> out of the gate. So, actually, I've not really been one to do much of that dressing up. It, I'm usually at home passing out the candy. So, I'm usually the guy who's got the big size Hershey bars, the big size Kit Kats and Reese's peanut butter cups, right? So, your address is say it into the camera. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right, right, right. Come on over to Casa del Stefan. We've got those big uh, chocolate bars absolutely for 2020. But I have. I have a few times, you know, in the past, if Halloween's during the week, I've definitely gone to costume parties and I have dressed up in the past. Okay. And I know this year it's on a Saturday night, so more likely than not, I'll be at home passing out the candy, and I'll probably forego you know the fancy uh, fancy costume. Mm-hmm. But um, I do have three amazing kids, as I've spoken about before. And trust me, right now we are in full blown. What are we wearing for Halloween mode? <laughs> and uh, the costumes that they're you know talking about looking at, I don't even understand. I don't even know what these characters are and who these folks are. And you know maybe one of them will be a, a Bitcoin for. Uh, <laughs> for Halloween. But anyway, so that's uh, that's my story. Interesting. Okay. I see that that's surprising to me. I thought maybe, you know, you'd be a guy, get all decked out, you know, and do all that, you know, whatever. But um, I, I'll say this, okay, and we can move on. Um, two of the, the best costumes I think I have ever had. Uh, young adult, went to a club, did the Great Gatsby routine. I know. He dressed up in a tuxedo. Super simple, right? Okay. Uh, but my favorite of all time, I literally created a goofy costume. Like Goofy, the Disney character sure, or whatever, sure. looked unbelievable. Got the hat, got the boots, got, you know, the. I had a little bit of a costume sewn together. Unbelievable. Can't wait for Halloween to get here. I do love to decorate the house. So you of come course. over to Casa del Stefan. We have pumpkins, we have, you know, ghosts and goblins. So for sure, the house is not a haunted house, but we absolutely get in the spirit of Halloween for sure. What's your favorite candy? I'm a Reese's peanut butter cup guy. I'm the chocolate and the 
can the chocolate and peanut butter throw them together it could be in uh you know a chocolate bar it could be just in a bowl give me a spoon i'm all about chocolate and peanut butter my man all right well you heard it here first casa del stefan gonna have the big chocolate bars the big candy so you don't want to miss uh dewey's house on halloween and uh well you might be potentially giving away cryptocurrency on Halloween as well. No, I'm kidding. Um, All right, let's just dive right in here because I know this is going to be a little bit more technical and a little bit more detailed than just us kind of going back and forth about, you know, the upcoming uh, little Halloween on a Saturday night at the end of October. So I have been wondering, and and I've done a little bit of research just to kind of, you know, get a basic-ish understanding of what cryptocurrency is and how it works. But in lay terms and just kind of looking at it and, and the way it sounds... It sounds like a scam. Okay? It does. It just it, cryptocurrency. It sounds like something that is fake. It really shouldn't exist and if you invest in it, you're a sucker and you're probably going to end up getting screwed at the end of it. That that's the way that I ultimately viewed it until we kind of started diving into this. So, I guess what exactly is cryptocurrency? What makes a cryptocurrency. So I'm laughing, right? Because <laughs> when I did my homework for this uh, podcast, Kyle, I found several quotes from very uh, influential, you know, people that would agree with you that it is a scam or that it is, um, you know, the biggest mirage the the world's ever seen. And then I have some other very influential, very you know, significant members of society that'll tell you that we're just getting started with the Bitcoin, um, you know, evolution. So as you said that, I just was starting to think about some of those. I'll give you uh, maybe, let's just a little teaser. I'll give you one on each side to start before we kind of get into the history of everything. Okay. So Warren Buffett, that guy that, you know, we've talked about before, the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett is quoted as saying, Bitcoin is a mirage. Stay away from it. The idea that it has some huge intrinsic value is just a joke in my view. He goes on to say, in terms of cryptocurrencies generally, I can say almost with certainty that they will come to a bad ending. Now, when it happens or how or anything else, I don't know. Right. So there's one that kind of he agrees with, you know, what your initial thoughts were. And uh, you kind of, you know, take that. You got to respect what he says. Got to respect it. Yep. And we'll try to throw a few more in throughout the show. But a positive one is one of his best buddies, one of his best buddies who uh, founded a company called Microsoft. Have you heard of this company? Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. Kind of familiar. Do you know the guy? Do you know the Uh, guy? Bill Gates. Bill Gates. You got it, right? (laughs) So they are known as two guys hanging out. They play cards together. They've they've had a, a relationship, you know, maybe for the last 20 years or so, and they're very respecting of each other and uh, their time together, right? Bill Gates is quoted as saying, Bitcoin is a technological tour de force. It doesn't get any more you know, positive in terms of its relevance than that. Okay. Sense? Yeah. Okay. So you've got Warren Buffett saying, come on, and Bill Gates going, yeah, let's go, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a good start, okay? Sure. All right. So let's talk about digital assets and then cryptocurrencies, okay? okay. So it's a currency, which means it's, a, it's another name for money. Okay. Okay, Yeah. Currency is money. So the digital currency just means it's a technology Mm -hmm. and it's maybe not a paper money, right? Paper currency would be paper. Digital asset, digital currency, i.e. cryptocurrency, i.e. Bitcoin. Okay. Fair Mm -hmm. enough. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to kind of walk the audience through this as fast as we can. Won't get in the weeds, but we're going to go fast about what generally is defined as money first. 
Okay, and then we'll talk about the um, ecosystem or the backbone uh, of cryptocurrencies, which is this thing called blockchain. Very important, no matter what cryptocurrency you're using. And then, just like there's the euro, there's the peso, there's the U.S. dollar, there are different cryptocurrencies, okay? The most well-known is Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. There's also Ethereum. There's also Litecoin. There's actually hundreds. But we're going to talk just about Bitcoin today. But we're going to start with, again, what is money? Okay, back to your economics class from high school or college. Oh, do you boy. remember uh, you know, the, the, the velocity of money or M1, M2, M3? Do you remember anything about money? Ooh, very vaguely. Okay. Well, money is known as an economic unit that functions as a generally recognized medium of exchange for transactional purposes in an economy. Makes See, some sense. Okay, I just view money as what allows me to golf is essentially what I view money as. Well, I'm I think it's, go ahead. money is what makes the world go round. Of course, money yeah. is what yeah. you need. Okay, and yeah. so that's uh, again, it's a it's a unit of exchange. Okay, and then it's known as a currency. So the common term for money is currency. And typically, each government has its own money system, mm -hmm. monetary system. Right, is what we go with. Cryptocurrencies again would be a currency. So it would fall under the definition of money by that simple barometer, okay? And so cryptocurrencies are being developed for financing and international exchanges around the world. Okay. okay. Make mm -hmm. some sense so yep. far? Okay. Well, money is also supposed to be liquid and uh, available for the settlement of transactions, right? Okay. Two people come together, mm -hmm. hand around this thing called money, and they walk away with whatever it is that they transact. A form fair. of trade, almost. form of trade, sure. right? It used to be you would, you know, I don't know, uh, trade your goat or some <laughs> chicken eggs for some lumber or for some corn, mm -hmm. right? So that's how it started. And then, again, we've moved to this thing called fiat currency. Are you familiar with the word fiat? And I'm not talking about the car. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, if you were talking about cars, maybe. Okay, so fiat tender or fiat currency uh, legal tender is what a country makes by printing. You've heard about the U.S. is printing more money. Mm -hmm. Familiar? Yep. Okay. So this, again, you can just print money. You can just get the paper into the machine and just kind of crank the wheel, right? And print more money. But then it means less and less over time. Right. Course. And that's yeah. an economic theory as well, right? <laughs> Supply and demand. And the more you have, yeah. the less it's worth. Follow me there? Mm -hmm. Okay. So back to, again, the broad definition of money. Money needs to have a few characteristics to be defined as money. It can't have one or two. It's got by general principle have at least three, some say as much as five, you know, points to it or five defined um, characteristics of it. Okay. And the three main ones are that money has to function as a, as a unit of account, meaning that $1 is worth $1 or, you know, one coin is worth one coin. Okay. Okay. So it has to have a unit of account. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then it has to be a store of value. So if you have this thing called money, it needs to hold its value and be worth something down the road. Okay. okay. Makes sense also? Absolutely. Then we say gold is a form of currency because the gold bar, gold coin from one of our prior episodes sure. has that value. Fair enough? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then certainly dollar bills and treasuries and CDs in a bank and all that. And different countries have different currencies, but you can exchange them and there's that exchange rate. Also understood? Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. And then the last one is, again, as a standard of deferred payment. So what that means is that, again, you can borrow against it and loan against it, and then you can uh, continue to uh, you know, negotiate or transact based upon that you're good for that that um, you know that currency, of course, F right? Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So along those routes, you have to d then define is um, a currency 
going to meet those. But then in the world of this cryptocurrency, this digital currency, does it meet those determined uh, factors? Um, and also then, is it uh, uh, you know useful enough for um, everyday use, right? Does it have purpose in society? Fair, you understand yeah. that? Okay. So we're going to talk about uh, cryptocurrencies in more detail and Bitcoin as it's evolving, if you will. But we're going to start with the backbone of cryptocurrencies or digital assets, which is this thing called the blockchain. Are you familiar with the blockchain? I am not. Okay. Well, are you familiar with uh, payment systems like PayPal, like Venmo? Venmo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like Zelle. Yeah, sure. Okay. Now, what would you say those are, Kyle? Those are easy ways to transfer money from one person to another. Okay, so you <laughs> in very simple terms right, for me. And money is currency, right? <laughs> yeah. Money is currency. So they're called uh, they're a platform. They're a mm -hmm. transaction platform. Yes. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so that's really what blockchain is. It's a platform for moving, in this case, digital assets or currency from one person to another person. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. So um, the PayPal platform, the Venmo, et cetera, platform is where you can take your dollars from maybe one institution, one bank, and send it over to another person via their bank and different banks, mm -hmm. right? And so there's a transaction cost and all that stuff uh, a lot of the time, but that's how you can get your dollars over to another person. Fair? Yeah. Okay. So with uh, blockchain, that's the backbone or the, the highway, if you will, the road system for where digital assets or digital transactions can occur. And so whether people believe that Bitcoin is going to be here, maybe like Bill Gates does or not, maybe like Warren Buffett doesn't, most would agree that the blockchain technology is absolutely here to stay. And so because you have a, in, an ecosystem or an infrastructure where you can um, pass information around digitally, and it uh, has a lot of characteristics we're going to talk about that make it way more efficient than how we would do things old, you know, the ways of passing a letter, shoving the mail into your pouch, getting on a horse, right, and doing the Pony Express. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now you can just get on your computer, on your phone, and you can actually just send an email message. With the click of a button. With the yeah. click of a button, right? So the blockchain is the backbone of all this stuff, okay? okay. Fair enough. So we're going to go through it just for a minute, and uh, then we'll get into the, the currencies themselves, okay? Please. Okay. So blockchain, again, allows companies or individuals a platform to make transactions and then to verify transactions securely. So in that regard, you could almost talk to it like it is a bank because, again, you're having transactions uh, occur and they're occurred securely, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like when you're wiring money for a house, you wire it, you don't just write a check and you don't just ACH it. You actually have it wired because it's Fed funds money and it's guaranteed that it's there and not any fraud can occur. Fair enough? Mm -hmm. Okay, so blockchains also have that same type of definition of being instantaneous. So it happens just as fast as maybe a Fed funds wire might or some other electric exchange of the currency. The big deal with blockchain or the big deal with uh, cryptocurrencies in general is that it's a decentralized network. Does that make any sense to you, Kyle? Decentralized network. Meaning it can be spread in multiple areas? Well, sort of. But again, you have a central authority in typical situations. You have the federal government, right? Mm -hmm. The Federal Reserve. It's your central you know, place. With rules and regulations and all that. Right. And so when the government says there's like a, yesterday, Monday was a banking holiday. If there's a banking holiday, banks are closed, can't send any money around, mm -hmm. right? Banks yep. close, you know, at 
6 p.m. or 8 p.m., those transactions, right? So the central authority of a traditional currency situation in blockchain is 24 hours. It's kind of like always going. Does it make some sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's very important, right? Uh, whatever you're transacting something, you got to get some money to somewhere. You have to wait till the branch opens. You have to wait before the, you know, it, it counts as This is just nonstop. Nonstop, right? So 24-7, big time. Okay. And so blockchain also is transparent, transparent uh, transactions. So you can always follow along with what, what, what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's all digital and it's all cryptic and it's all coded. So just like you would have, you know, the code to program uh, any type of document in computer land, mm -hmm. the blockchain has, you know, scanned codes, codes along the entire route of the block. And that's, again, the name block means that there's these blocks that are put together and each one has its own specific uh, digital, if you will, finger fingerprint. And so it's um, secure as well as being transparent. The transactions, as I said before, are instantaneous, just like you push a button and it goes to where it's got to go. And again, not having a central authority. And uh, one of the final parts of the blockchain that people are really looking for in the future as an opportunity is that there's not this thing called a double spend. Okay, And what the double spend is when you send money traditionally via the bank, there's a bank fee, a wire fee of 20 bucks this guy, 20 bucks that guy. If you want to do a credit card transaction, which again is just a payment mm -hmm. platform, one and a half percent of your purchase, of et cetera, right? So when you're talking about, you know, millions of transactions, a dollar on a million transactions is how much money, Kyle? A uh, million. A million dollars, right? Yeah. So if you have a company that just charges a buck per transaction, <laughs> you don't have to sit back, you have to do anything. You just collect, sure. right? So in the world of blockchain, and this is whether it's in the currency world of blockchain, but besides currency, I'm going to talk about a few others real quick just for some background. Blockchain is so important because not only are banks and financial services using it internally for their own networks to kind of keep an eye on what they do and do their own ledgers, sure. right? They also have um, digital content providers, whether it's Apple Music or the other just libraries. Music is stored digitally and you can pass around. And as you know, artists um, out there you know, are very much aware of their um, property, their songs, and getting paid for their songs, et cetera. Yeah, the days of Napster are gone, unfortunately. Yeah, The days of Napster are <laughs> gone, right? Everyone wants intellectual property rights and wants mm -hmm. to be paid for that. You know, Taylor Swift. Of course. Right. Fighting Scooter Braun as we speak to get uh, full access to her music. You got it. All right. Yeah. So we're going to keep going. So in medicine, blockchain technology can be used to prevent theft of pills and, you know, the supply chain of uh, the medicines, as well as give an inventory and a secure history of transactions. So very important. In the food uh, industry, farmers can use it to monitor their crops. Um, it can. Oh, here's a good one. It can help in elections. Kyle, what do we got going on here in a few weeks? Uh, a presidential election. Yeah, we well, ha yes, a lot of elections. Right, we <laughs> yeah. have uh, we have national <laughs> elections, and so blockchain can help in politics by minimizing election fraud and increasing turnout because every vote can be stored on the blockchain, making it impossible to alter. Fair enough. So why aren't we using that? Well, we're not there yet. So again, let's stick around and let's let this technology. How can we evolve. not be there yet? It's twenty twenty. Hey, write your congressman. Have you heard of this? <laughs> yeah. Write your congressman. Here's the phone number. Okay. Give him a call. Right. So again, uh, in simple sense, the blockchain is kind of the road to get all of these, um, again, these topics where they need to go. If sure. it's a medical, medical record, if it is, again, a vote for a candidate, et cetera. Okay? Um, it gets a lot more complicated in terms of who's involved with the blockchain and all these things. And I'm not going to get into that today, but it's a, you know, known as a very secure, fast, and basically free or extremely inexpensive 
expensive uh, proposition. Okay. okay? Yeah. Cool. All right. So with that, we have these things called currencies, right? And so with these currencies are, that are digital, the main one that uh, most people are familiar with is Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. I'm going to give you the top four or five um, that you should be aware of or maybe have heard about, but we're going to talk specifically about Bitcoin today. Um, but certainly Bitcoin, besides that, is one called XRP. A third one is called Ethereum. Another one is called Litecoin. And then there is a spinoff of Bitcoin called Bitcoin Cash. Okay. So you can consider those maybe just like different currencies of different countries. Okay. So if you don't want to do your transactions in Bitcoin, you you can do them in Ethereum, right? So mm -hmm. that'd be like, hey, we don't want to transact in dollars. We're going to transact in euros. Sure. Okay. And so with that, we're going to talk about Bitcoin today as a digital uh, currency. Okay. So did they get in first? Is that why beca they became the biggest cryptocurrency or just they've just been the most efficient and they just kind of people just gravitated towards it? That is a great question. And I know we didn't talk about this ahead of time to set it up. But yes, Bitcoin is the one that started it all. <laughs> right. It started it all. And so fantastic. So I'm going to give you from Wikipedia the basic definition of Bitcoin. I'm going to tell you about the gentleman or, or person or maybe it's a bunch of people that created a fake name of a dude to actually become, quote unquote, the founder and the scientist, the mad scientist behind Bitcoin. So Just stay pulling tuned. all the strings. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, it's exciting stuff. So Bitcoin as a cryptocurrency def defined by Wikipedia is a digital asset designed to work as a medium of exchange that uses cryptography, hence the name crypto, and I'll explain okay. cryptography in a second, to control its creation and management rather than relying on central authorities. So rather than relying on the government to print the money and hand to you, they're doing it in their own new ecosystem, right? Its own mm -hmm. new um, exchange. Okay, it was invented and implied by the presumed pseudonymous gentleman or person named Satoshi Nakamoto. He uh, was known as integrating the existing ideas from the cyberpunk community. And over the course of Bitcoin's history, it has undergone rapid growth to become a significant currency, both on and offline. Okay? That's the broad definition okay. from our friends at Wikipedia. Now, this is where it gets going. It was created in 2008, August 18th. The domain name Bitcoin.org was registered. Later that year, on October 31st, a link to a paper authored by this guy, Satoshi Nakamoto, titled Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system, was posted to a cryptography mailing list. This paper detailed methods of using peer-to-peer -peer network to generate what was described as, quote, a system for electronic transactions without relying on trust. On January 3rd, 2009, the Bitcoin network came into existence with Satoshi Nakamoto mining the Genesis block of Bitcoin, block number zero. And block number zero, which again, back to the blockchain. It's like their address. Yeah. Yep. He mined the first block, which had 50 Bitcoins in it, okay? And embedded in the coin base of this block was the text. The Times, January 3rd, 2009, Chancellor on Brink of Second Bailout for Banks. And this text refers to a headline in The Times, published that day, talking about, again, the instability caused by fractional reserve Banking. There you go. 
January 3rd, 2009, Satoshi Nakamoto became a celebrity. Hey guys, it's Bogey. I want to take a second to talk to you about Dewey Stefan and his excellent team at Great Lakes Wealth. Look, do you feel overwhelmed with managing your assets in today's financial world? I mean, think about the times that we're in here in 2020. Do you want financial freedom? Great Lakes Wealth offers Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. They sit down with you to develop custom financial solutions utilizing all of your assets, even your 401k. We build the future you want based on your goals and your dreams. That is what Great Lakes Wealth is all about. Thinking about you, thinking about your family, and thinking about your future. Simply go to greatlakeswealth.us to schedule an appointment today. They offer better investments, better service, and a feedback guarantee. Okay, a feedback guarantee. Your road to financial freedom starts at greatlakeswealth.us. Please visit greatlakeswealth.us or simply give Great Lakes Wealth a call today. Real quick, and I want to continue with this because there's certainly plenty to get there with Bitcoin, but just the timing of it all is very peculiar. This is another thing that we didn't discuss heading into it, but again, the conversation just kind of flows here uh, on the What Do We Do podcast. 2008, August of 2008 is when the Bitcoin.org domain was officially live or purchased or whatever you want to call it. And obviously, 2008 was a very difficult year for our country, Mm -hmm. our economy. You know, the, the crash. Do you think there was... That was essentially the reason or part of the reason because of that instability, because of, you know, we didn't know how things were going to go moving forward. You know, that's a very good question, right? Because in 2008, what happened, there was a financial collapse. Right? It's incredible, right? yeah. Lehman Brothers went bankrupt. Bear Stearns went bankrupt. There was a financial system collapse. So I'm not sure that there was, you know, a causation or a correlation, but certainly the timing, um, you know, is, is there. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So the quick history of it is in 2005, instead of Bitcoin, something known as BitGold was proposed. Okay, and again, we're not going on a tangent, but the reason that gold is known as a store of value and an alternative currency is because it's tangible and it's not fiat, right? Paper mm-hmm. means created. Gold, you have to go mine and dig out of the ground, right? For people looking for Bitcoin um, that want to buy it, you can trade it. Find and go it find on the it. internet. But you yeah. find it, you are mining for Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You've heard this? Yeah. Right? So it's very similar. It's known, some call it digital gold. So because it's again, it's a way for people that don't want to be dependent upon the governments where they live or that they transact with to just devalue or mess with their money mm-hmm. and the transaction. Take any percentage of their it. money or whatever. Yeah. Right. So uh, in 2005, uh, gold was proposed. And then 2008, that paper was published. 2009, January, uh, Bitcoin was launched. And the funny part was, I shouldn't say funny, I wish, I mean, because I remember when this was going on and everyone's kind of making fun, like, you're just going to take these digital coins? What? What does it mean? Yeah. yeah. So in 2010, 10,000 Bitcoins were used, 10,000 of them were used to buy two pizzas from Papa John's. Someone with 10,000 Bitcoins went ahead and bought two Papa John pizzas from another person. Okay. Well, as of today, as of last night in the evening, Bitcoin was worth 11,700 a coin. So I can't even do the math on the show that fast. Wow. 10,000 of those for 11,000 each. I mean, for two pizzas. And that's the fact. So Bitcoin, when it started, was worth like less than one penny. Okay. Okay. And anyway, I'll go through the pricing of what uh, Bitcoin started at. You know, um, 
you know, from 2008 till now, but it has appreciated more than most other investments. So that would actually argue, is it a currency or is it actually just an investment? We'll talk about that in a quick second as well. But so with all of that, we want to get through, you know, what is Bitcoin specifically? Okay. So Bitcoin uses this blockchain technology. Okay. Bitcoin is transparent. Okay, Bitcoin is decentralized. Okay, Bitcoin is pseudo anonymous. Okay, so you have privacy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk for a quick second about again Bitcoin's origins were for you know the underworld for people doing illegal activities <laughs> that didn't want it traced, right? Because it's a secret, secure transaction. Bitcoin is global now. There are two hundred sixty thousand Bitcoin transactions that happen every day. That's over three transactions per second. You certainly um, can go into some places and. Uh, buy a coffee with Bitcoin per se, but there are other places you can't go to Target and you know self checkout with it. But Bitcoin is portable, right? Um, you, dollars are portable, put them in your pocket. But gold, you have to you know put in the cart and wheel it around. But uh, Bitcoin, gold, yeah. Bitcoin um, is known as being in a digital wallet, and in that digital wallet, again, you carry it around because it's not you know it's not heavy. It's certainly it's there just um, sure. on the digital digital landscape. Okay, Bitcoin is and will be scarce. There are only going to be 21 million Bitcoin ever to exist. And it's a whole other topic of how it was created. And then they will um, split in half. They will go into halves, almost like a stock split. These Bitcoins will split. And at the same time, there will never, ever be more than 21 million of these Bitcoins in existence. So again, the more that they're um, you know, uh, transacted, more because valuable scarce, they will ultimately becomes, be. Right? Yeah. There are um, certain uh, investors out there that say Bitcoin could be 100,000 a coin. So from 10,000 a coin to 100,000 a coin, that'd be 10 times your money, right? And it started at less than one penny a coin back in, in the 2009 time, right? Bitcoin is durable, right? It won't erode, won't be torn, won't walk, you know, wash mm-hmm. away. And Bitcoin is non-counterfeitable, right? Because, again, it's a cryptology backbone, I guess, or whatever the situation is. It is uh, digitally secured, mm-hmm. and so that um, each transaction has its own uh, unique characteristics, and so it can't be counterfeited. So it's very secure in that way, okay? So with all that, I will tell you that Bitcoin has a couple things against it. Bitcoin can be used by scammers, okay? So the fact that Bitcoin is non-confiscatable is a positive, but because the transaction goes, you can't get it back. Okay, so once you send your Bitcoin to the world, you can't get your Bitcoin back. Okay, so once they tell you, hey, send me, uh, you know, 10 Bitcoin and I'll give you your daughter back when if it's a scam, you know, and you might have seen this on the uh, email systems. That sure, of course. And yeah. there's uh, some despicable some to that. Right. Yeah. And then the volatility. So Bitcoin as a currency, the price swings. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to buy something from sure. you tomorrow for twelve thousand dollars. I give you one Bitcoin. And then literally the tomorrow afternoon, it's worth six thousand dollars because the dr- price dropped then it's again it's not a, a, a very a consistent and predictable value proposition is that fair yeah absolutely okay so the price swings um, may work to your advantage as an investment but as a currency maybe not so much it's hard to understand and it's hard to uh, even you know f- get involved and get as a user of it and so it's uh, got a long ways to go to become readily uh, accepted okay it can't be spent everywhere so again you may or may not be able to go to a Starbucks and use mm-hmm. a uh, Bitcoin or a uh, you know part of a Bitcoin to 
buy your coffee or buy some gas, but at the same time, you can wire and buy a house uh, in certain markets with enough Bitcoin. And so um, it can't be spent everywhere, but uh, it has its, uh, you know, it does have its uses. Interesting. Right? Okay. So again, there's a ton of reasons Good, to be behind bad, it. everything. A ton yeah. of reasons to uh, be, you know, worried about it or be uh, suspect of it. We will dive into it again uh, in a future podcast. I promise you that. But hopefully uh, for our listeners out there, this was a good introduction to Bitcoin. And as we always say, episode 20, we're just getting started. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.